Good morning, guys. I'm going to re-record this service and should post it on YouTube later today. So uh, <clears throat> it's the king of glory within. Everything seen will bow down to the unseen. You know, Jesus' message, he came to reveal what sonship looks like, what redeemed mind looks like. And, uh, <clears throat> and he clearly said the king's within. And so it's fascinating when we look at all the things physical. He also says the kingdom doesn't come with observation, meaning you can't see it. <clears throat> when he says to pray, he says, you know what? Um, prayer out here just to be heard uh, uh, as if I'm going to hear by your many words isn't what it's about. He goes, but I tell you what, go into your closet, meaning the secret place where people can't see you, <clears throat> and uh, pray there, meaning that within man. It's not a physical closet. Again, it's, it's, we're, we're confusing physical things. But he says, what, what you do in the unseen, in your divine heart and mind, which is literally the creative ability of God, that is the king of glory within, he says, will be seen by all. <clears throat> Meaning really is what you do in your heart and mind is exactly what you're going to experience in life. And so we really want to just demystify faith, demystify prayer, so you can freely receive what, uh, what the Father and the Son uh, came to allow us to participate in this divine life. And so it's really interesting as uh, Stephen Melton and I were talking yesterday, and maybe I'll, I'll share this in, in a near uh, future message is um, it sounds almost radical and crazy to us now, but all the church writers all the way from Polycarp, Arrhenius, Origen, Gregory of Nyssa, Gregory of Nazianzus, you know, the church fathers, <clears throat> they all talked about this concept called theosis. And uh, I asked Brad Jerzak to give me the, <clears throat> the Iowa version um, the simplicity of version and, and what it is. And they all had this meaning. They basically said, God became man so that we may become Elohim. <clears throat> we become God-like. It's fascinating. And so, uh, and Brad, what Brad told me is he said, <clears throat> we become by grace what God is by its very nature. That's really what the incarnation, that's what the early church fathers taught is how do we live out this Christ life? You know, if he's the, if he's the redemptive man, if he's what what life is supposed to look like. How do we live it out? <clears throat> and I don't think it's that hard, to be honest with you. I think we've made it hard, but I'll try simplify it here. And every message, you know, all the scriptures, uh, the physical Jerusalem, um, you know, all the types and shadows is what, what the book of Hebrews says. Those, they're pointing to something, but it's pointing to something within man. It's pointing to this mystery that we are the son of God. <clears throat> son of men are the son of God. He said, Peter, this is the this is the, that's the revelation that your, your physical father and mother is not your true birth. Your true birth is, originates from above spiritually. It's God himself birthed mankind and so we're his greatest creation. <clears throat> and so well, let's talk about this. So this first slide here, 1 Corinthians 2.12, we, we have now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So the things that are freely given to us, we, we receive in the spirit. And when we receive in the spirit, we're going to, you're going to see it in the natural. And so fallen mind, as we'll talk about here in a minute, <clears throat> there's really two concepts running through scripture all the time. The carnal mind, the fallen mind, the mind, the diablos, the, the lower mind, the mind that sees everything on the earth as real. And then the mind of faith, the spiritual mind, the mind of Christ, which realizes the unseen, what we do in the unseen gives birth to everything we see in the scene. So if we want anything to change in our life, if we start operating out of the mind of Christ, when we see things that are true from above, you know, one John tells us, as he is, so are we in this world. 
And all the scriptures really point to the same thing. And so <clears throat> anyway, you're never cap held captive anymore. And, and I really mean that. And God's really just been working on me. He's like, Mike, John and Paul, you know, these guys, they couldn't be killed. They had, they had such a revelation that they decided when they would lay down their life. And, and uh, <clears throat> it's not meant to be weird, I don't think. I think it's just supposed to be, this is what redeemed sonship is, look, looks like. This is what a true son of God has looked like. Or all the foundations of the world are out of place. I have said, you're supposed to be like kings, and, but you're going to fall like an average prince and things like that because you're still operating in this, this lowly mind. So anyway, we'll do our best. So here's what he says. <clears throat> Spiritually, um, we'll understand the things that are freely given to us, to us of God. So even scripture, um, I really kind of, I get nervous when people go, the Bible clearly says, because you know, Galatians 4 is such a great example, where in the Old Testament, Abraham, Isaac, and Ishmael, if you just read that literally, you have no idea the spiritual meaning behind it. You just go, oh, Abraham had two sons, this and this. And then Paul tells us by revelation in Galatians 4, he says, that story, the spiritual meaning behind that story, the allegory literally is what it says, is that those are the two covenants. <clears throat> One given on Mount Sinai, which leads to bondage, the physical earthly mind, and uh, the physical Jerusalem of today it says that today still keeps people in bondage. And uh, the other one's the new covenant, the spiritual, which is from above. So <clears throat> the natural man receiving not the things of the spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. Neither can be known by them because they're spiritually discerned. That was Paul. He said, hey, this, this Abraham, Isaac, and Ishmael story was not about uh, <clears throat> physical Abraham, Isaac, and Ishmael. And people go, well, you don't believe if they're real? Yeah, they probably were real. But that's not the point. That's still the carnal mind. The, the spiritual mind is there's something much deeper, much more important. And so <clears throat> a lot of people get confused. Like, so you don't believe this? I'm like, That's fine. But it, there's something much deeper. There's something much bigger, the spiritual truth behind it. So, but he says, the spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Ah, but we do. We have the mind of Christ. Deep calls out to deep, spirit to spirit within. And so Hebrews 11, one out of the mirror, you know, faith, faith has been so abused uh, in my opinion, um, because it should be like childlike. It should be something that comes effortless to us. We should learn how to do it where we can operate in faith. And <clears throat> so I'll do my best to make it simple today. Persuasion. We all know like typical King James. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. I, I really like Hebrews 11, one in the mirror. It says persuasion, faith or belief which is critical. It's a huge theme all through scripture. It says, because as it is unto you, how you believe is what you're going to experience. So what we believe in our heart of hearts is what we experience in life. And there's a way we can plant new things in there, change what we believe in there <clears throat> through meditative prayer. And so faith or belief comes, confirms the confident expectation, which is hope and proves the unseen world to be more than the seen. Faith celebrates as certain what hope visualizes as the future. So what we see in our imagination, guys, and feel in our heart as if it's already real, will become seen. That's what he's saying. <clears throat> Faith alone explains to the natural eye how the ages were perfectly framed by the word of God, which is Jesus Christ himself, the, the, who he is. He withholds, he holds with everything together. Now we understand that everything visible has its origin in the invisible. So I just wrote the, the whole theme of this. Jesus came to reveal our original design, where we're supposed to work from the inside out. 
<clears throat> we're not praying to this distant God, begging him to make things happen. You're going to be frustrated in prayer. You get so used to the carnal mind that uh, you just accept when, when tragedy happens or when something happens, you think we have no say in this thing. I think we have so much more say where what we do in the unseen at that point uh, makes it seen and, tr and rearranges everything in the scene to, to, to line up with what's going in our heart and mind. That's true prayer. That's operating as a son. <clears throat> so we are perfectly loved sons and daughters. The carnal mind, the fallen mind, diablos is really what that means from the fallen mind, the earthly mind where our senses, what we see with our five physical senses, we go, that's real. But that's malleable. That's changeable by what goes in the spirit. The spiritual man, the mind of Christ, the, the heavenly mind, <clears throat> the mind from above says, what I see within is more real. And I realize the miracle anointing of this seed of Christ, which was, we thought God was distant. Every religion thought God was angry and distant, but is now revealed is the anointings within man. It's within you, which was Jesus' central theme. It says, uh, and if you understand the parable of the sower, your heart and mind are like soil. Whatever you plant there will return. So be careful what you plant is what he's saying, because it will return. So anyway, so what <clears throat> the, the, the fallen mind, the diablos, is real, the miracle anointing the seed of Christ. The spiritual mind says that what is real is what's in the unseen. And they realize the seed of Christ, the king of glory within man, rearranges everything in the natural to bring about what he sees within. So <clears throat> let me just kind of get into this. So the Old Testament stories of the Ark of the Covenant, the cherubim, what we talked about. I think I'll do a whole service on cherubim, the, just the divine chariots of our minds, what Hebrew talks about. The anointing of the prophets, priests, and kings. There's something special that happens in those Old Testament stories when, when a king was anointed or a prophet was anointed or, or a, a priest was anointed. Jesus was all of those, which means we're all of those because two have become one. This, the real thing, not those stories, that's not the real thing. That's what Hebrews tells us. Those are just types and shadows. So the physical things are not the kingdom. They point to something that if we can spiritually discern what those physical things mean, which is really divine heart and mind, You'll, you'll start to operate as a son. You'll start to live in this life that's been freely given to us. So the real thing has been hidden for ages is now revealed. The creative anointing of Christ himself, the king of glory is within man. We are the temple. So when you see pictures of the temple, the tabernacle, the city of Jerusalem, are all pictures of a greater truth. The city set on a hill. That's you. That's me. We are the, the city set on a hill. We're, we're the light that shines in the darkness. Repent. The kingdom's within, Jesus says, and repent. Literally, this had a radical change of mind. The kingdom is within and does not come by observation, meaning they were looking for a physical kingdom. So this is key when I'm going to show you the, the physical gates of Jerusalem. It points to a spiritual truth within man. So the parable of the sower reveals to us the secret of the kingdom. I talked about that. It all points to the fact that what, what we do in the unseen, in our heart and mind, the secret place of the Most High, is what Psalm 91 talks about, under the feathers of the cherubim, which is your divine brain, the two halves of your brain, the cerebrum, where you are face to face with the king of glory. The creative ability of Christ within causes everything in the natural to bother the spiritual. So what you do in here and here, guys, will rearrange the natural <clears throat> so you can freely receive everything that the, the Father's given you. All right, just a little review. You know, uh, Old Testament, types and shadows of a, a greater truth. You are the temple. So when he's talking about building the temple here and where, you're gonna, where they're going to meet, he's talking about where's God going to meet within man. <clears throat> and the cherubim 
uh, are to have wings that spread upward, overshadowing the mercy seat. They're shadowing something that you can't quite see. It's, <clears throat> it's within. The cherubim are face to face one another, looking towards the mercy seat. Set that mercy seat atop the ark and push, put the testimony that I will give you into the ark. So the testimony is going to be within. It's not going to be something visible. That's, that's a key, too. <clears throat> so I will meet with you there between the cherubim above the mercy seat, between the two cherubim that are over the ark of the testimony. So the testimony is within, and he meets with us between these two cherubim. This isn't the physical place. The Jews said this is where God meets. Jesus comes and says, no, the king is within. Paul has this fantastic revelation. Don't you get it? You're the temple. This all pointed to a spiritual truth. So between the two cherubim is where we're going to meet God. And as you've heard me talk numerous times now, the two halves of the brain are literally called the cerebrum, the same exact word. And he meets with you there. You know, Jesus, when he says, destroy the temple, and in three days we'll resurrect it. Because they weren't discerning spiritual things, they thought they were talking about the physical temple. Jesus was talking about, no, mankind, the son of God, son of man, is the temple. He's talking about himself is what scripture says. So then Paul goes, don't you get it? You're the temple. So he's showing you what it looks like. So what we do going on in here is what we're going to experience here. Now, <clears throat> this is kind of interesting is uh, this next picture is what uh, this, it was really just coming to me. This is the Eastern Gate of Jerusalem. And so, like I said, all the physical things, the city of Jerusalem, the, the tabernacle, the temple, the, the anointings of the prophets, priests, and kings, um, <clears throat> were all pointing to something spiritual within man. So they obviously put up these walls thinking that this is going to protect physical Jerusalem, right? And this is the Eastern Gate. What's really interesting, you see the Dome of the Rock, which was, you know, was, is, uh, 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 was constructed by the Muslims, the Ottoman Empire. <clears throat> and so the Eastern Gate there, it's interesting because they believed that the Messiah, the salvation, the anointing is going to come through those two gates and bring, the, bring to Jerusalem. Jerusalem's the city of peace. And if we really understand um, what Jerusalem means, it's the city of Shalom. And I just looked up Shalom. Um, I just wanted to read what it said. I, I know what it is, obviously, just mentally, but I wanted to give you some words. So in Hebrew, shalom is peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. So where you're going to find peace, where you're going to find harmony, where you're going to find wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility is between the two leaf gates. Now, he's not talking about physical Jerusalem. He's talking about the two halves of your mind because peace is within, the kingdom's within. So those two leaf gates look just like the two cherubim again. This is how you're going to enter in. <clears throat> and so that physical ground right there is not going to see peace until they get it spiritually. Because uh, the book of Hebrews, Paul tells us there's no Jew, Gentile, male, female anymore. There's one body. There's one spirit. The, those were all types and shadows pointing to a greater revelation. And so <clears throat> there's not going to be a physical, well, we might, unfortunately, we might be, a, we might be causing another battle over that physical ground because we still don't get it. But you're only going to find peace in that land when they first have peace in their own minds, when they realize what Christ has already done. And so, but let's look at this. This is a type and shadow. This was obviously written about King Cyrus because they looked at, hey, when kings are anointed, this is what happens. And that's obviously prophetically pointing to Jesus, which is also pointing to us. 
which is really interesting because as he is, so are we. <clears throat> and so this prophecy of what the, how they looked at kings was really about us. We're the anointed today. The anointing's within. So it, um, oh, I didn't even finish. So you see that eastern gate because it's prophesied the Messiah is going to come through the eastern gate. And all nature speaks of him. So the sun rises on the east. That's why you know, the physical sun rises on the east. So when we're in darkness and the sun rises up and we see a great light, what is that? It's a picture of revelation. So when revelation comes between the two leaf gates, that's where we produce peace. That's where we produce prosperity, inner tranquility. It's then we'll see it on the outside. So anyway, um, they were believing a physical prophecy. And so King Solomon in 1541 believed, uh-oh, the Israel's looking for a physical kingdom. And their book says, he's going to come through these two gates. So I'm not going to let him. And they literally stoned in the gates. Now, I just think it's pretty fascinating that the stones again <clears throat> um, in the New Testament says, when we read the veil, the stones are still there. Or we read, when we read the, read the law, we're not face to face with him. There's a physical thing that's in front of us. But once the stones are removed, uh, then we see a great light and we can participate in the life that's really given to us. So anyway, what's this prophecy really all about? Isaiah 45.1, <clears throat> thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand have I holden, to subdue nations before him. I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two-leave gates. The gates will not be shut. <clears throat> I will go before thee and make the crooked place straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of the secret place. Doesn't that sound exactly like Jesus talking about uh, the kingdom and the parables? Hey, the kingdom's within. You understand the seed. You can't see it. It's your heart. There's, hey, there's a great treasure, uh, a pearl of great price. The most precious jewel ever is within the, within the uh, clamshells, the two halves. It's all pointing to what's done in the unseen will be done in the seen. The great treasures are within. And so he goes, I will give you what you do in the darkness and the hidden places that you may know I am the Lord, which calls you by name, the God of Israel. I'm telling you guys, if you practice this a little bit, you will know. Oh my gosh, he's good. He loves me perfectly. He didn't just allow, he doesn't want me to be this lowly, um, this lowly carnal minded man that just lets light happen to us. He goes, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. But because you're not understanding these things spiritually, you're going to fall like men and not, uh, but once you get this, guys, you no longer have to have life happen to you. Does life happen? Yes, things happen. But you know what? That's not the end of the story. We can go within and rearrange everything in the physical so the unseen, what we do in the unseen becomes seen and everything physical will bow. So guess what? That's what he's saying. <clears throat> Between these two leave gates, um, there's, so much, there's so much power and faith and belief and persuasion. What we do in there does happen. And so as a man thinketh, so is he. You know, according to your faith, believe it unto you. So how do we get this faith? And, and that's what I'll teach you. So because once you get this faith, if it looks like you're in prison where there are bars of iron, gates of brass, there's no answer to your problem. Guess what? What we do within breaks those like nothing. It, it just causes nations before you to, to be subdued. He goes before us. We know not how. But when we go within and realize what we do in the unseen is more real than the seen, that's faith. We'll, we'll experience these things in the scene is really what he's talking about here. I'll give you those things that you do in, in your heart and mind. And uh, you'll make all the, the gates of brass, the, the bars of iron that seem to imprison you by the natural situation you're in, whether it's legal challenges, restoration of marriages, uh, 
um, finances, health. It's within, guys. So I want to share you a couple things. Um, <clears throat> one, uh, let's see. I'm going to stop this share. So, and then I need to go. Mike Charbo sent me this, and you guys can go find it. I'm trying to find the date stamp on this article, but if you looked up um, cheerleader who was quadriplegic after gymnastics accident, now walking, it was in USA Today Sports. I don't know if it was yesterday. Um, Mike sent it to me yesterday, but this is really interesting. Uh, Lindsay Schuler, she was a gymnast. She, <clears throat> she fell on her head and uh, uh, basically quadriplegic, meaning she, could, she couldn't move from the neck down. Her prom was three weeks from that point. You know, the surgeons are going, hey, you, you're quadriplegic. She couldn't feel anything from the neck down. She said, you know what? My prom is in three weeks. Now this, she's a quadriplegic. That sounds like bars of iron. I can't get out of this situation. The, the doctors have all told me this is what it is. But you know what? You go within those two-leaf gates, and those bars are broken asunder. And so this is fascinating. In the article, this is what she says. So, and by the way, she did get to, to walk, not perfectly, but with a cane um, at her prom three weeks later. But here's, here's the key to this whole thing when Mike sent this to me. Uh, shoot, now where was it? No, oh, shit, darn it. Um, oh, let's see, where is it? Oh, sorry. I was going to read it verbatim from for you. So... Anyway, basically what, what she did, we said, you know what, when, they, um, when, they, uh, when she was diagnosed as a quadriplegic, she said something miraculously happened. I started to give thanks and have gratitude for what I already have. <clears throat> and then the other thing she said, which I just thought was fascinating, is um, she said, I started to, oh, here, yeah, I just found it, sorry. So it says, at that moment, <clears throat> Schuler did something remarkable. She became thankful for what she had. And she started visualizing what it felt like to move, what it felt like to walk, and felt like to flip and twist. So what did she do here? She used her heart and mind. She went within. She went between the, the, the two-leaf gates, the, the heart and mind within, the secret place of the Most High, where when you, when you do it here, guys, true prayer, everything that you think you're battling that seems impossible is blown asunder. And what you do inside becomes real. The unseen is more real than the seen. So <clears throat> she started to have gratitude and she started to visualize, picture, imagination, what it felt like to move, what, it, what, it, what would it feel like to walk, what would it feel like to flip, what would it feel like to twist. <clears throat> In my mind, said Sheila, I could always still feel. So even though she didn't have the physical sensation, that would be the carnal mind. I need the physical sensations to make it real. She goes, no, you know what? I can, I can feel in my mind. I can remember what it feels like to feel to feel like it's twist. And I, in her mind, she was practicing, jumping, twisting, feeling those feelings. She said, first, my big toe moved. And I realized the big toe is the farthest position from my neck. So if I can start getting that little thing to move, I can start getting everything to move. And now today she's walking, guys, from quadriplegic three weeks later. She still had a cane three weeks later, but come on, that's awesome. And I just, I, I want to remind everybody, you know, just I was reading out of Joe Dispenza, um, becoming supernatural again. And I, I'm, he, you know, he's a neuroscientist that really is in the quantum physics. He's doing nothing but operating as a son. 
he's, he's entering into the kingdom of God. He's going within and teaching people to do it. And there's, we shouldn't be afraid of that. In my opinion, we should, we should get, be, have, be in awe of how amazing and fearfully, wonderfully made. But here's what he says. He combined a clear intention with an elevated emotion. Doesn't that just sound like her? That's what she said. She said, I started to have an imagination. I wanted to walk. That was her clear intention to my prom within three weeks. I wasn't going to let this physical boundary, these gates of iron of, of this little thing called being quadriplegic. She goes, I knew what, what I can do inside will happen outside. Plus the elevated emotion. I started to feel what it would feel like. The key to this whole thing, guys, is the feeling. You, you enter into the, that picture in your mind, that image in her mind. She saw herself flipping, spinning, doing the things that she always did real time in her mind. That's the divine imagination. Not praying to a distant God, hoping to do something to you and waiting there. No, you enter into the secret place and experience it now. That's what it's talking about. So listen, this is interesting. <clears throat> a clear intention and an elevated emotion. Your clear intention is exactly what it sounds like. You have to get clear on what it is. So if you're, you're uh, struggling financially, let's say, what do you want it to look like? Now feel as if that's already done. Not, Lord, please bless me. It's like, I've already blessed you with every spiritual thing. Everything you're ever going to need, I've already freely given to you. How you get it is in the spirit. So you see and feel as if it's already done, as if your prayer has already been answered. So <clears throat> your clear intention is exactly what it sounds like. You have to get clear on what it is. Great. Get as specific as possible. I'm skipping some things in here, but now you have to combine that goal, that clear intention with an elevated emotion, such as love, gratitude, inspiration. Isn't it interesting that Lindsay Schuler said, I started to be thankful for what I have, not for what she didn't have. She didn't have use of her body at that point. I started to be grateful for what I have. And what they're telling you is the elevated emotion of gratitude, of love, is the fastest way to change your heart, to rewire your heart from the old way, the wrong ways of thinking. It takes, some, it takes repetition, or the fastest way is right, right when you wake up and right before you go to bed, you see and feel what you desire. Because you go through this thing called theta, which is really just your, your heart accepts as real and goes to work to bring it to pass in the physical. So you combine that intention with an elevated emotion such as love, gratitude, inspiration, joy, excitement, awe, wonder, just to capture a few examples. You have to tap into that feeling you anticipate you will have when you manifest your intent. And then feel the emotion ahead of the experience. The elevated emotion is the magnetic charge you're sending out into the field. As you have read, when you combine the electric charge, your intention, your, your imagination, with the magnetic charge, what it feels like, the elevated emotion, you create an electromagnetic signature that is equal to your state of being. Now, this is kind of, this is just fun. But, uh, remember, those potentials in the quantum field, meaning that all things are possible to him who believes. So basically, quantum physics says anything's possible at any time. Choose what that possibility you would like to have, and then it comes to you. So this, those potential in the quantum field exist only as electromagnetic frequencies, frequencies with information. You cannot perceive them with your senses as matter yet. They're spiritually discerned. It makes sense then that the new electromagnetic signal you broadcast would attract those like electromagnetic frequencies in the field that are vibrational match. In other words, when there's a vibrational match between your energy and any potential, all things are possible. That already exists. I've already given you everything you're ever going to need. You begin to draw that new experience to you. It collapses space and time. This is answered prayer. This is why the Hebrews didn't have a future tense. If they wanted something to happen in their life, and literally even all the feasts, when they, they would, if you understand them, they would practice them as if they were happening then. 
they would go into that feast. They would into that. This is and feel like what it was feeling like as if they were it was happening to them right then. So if they wanted to have something definite that hey, this is what's going to happen in the future, they didn't put it in future tense. They put it in past tense because what's done is done. So that's what they're trying to say. So anyway, uh, in other words, there's a vibrational mass between your energy and any potential that already exists. It will find you. We know not how. We plant that seed there, and in the most mysterious way, God will bring it to pass in a way best for us. It will find you as you become the vortex or you bring the future to yourself. So in that way, you don't have to work to bring what you want to manifest to you, and you don't have to go anywhere to get it. That's matter trying to change matter. And that's Zechariah prophesied. It's not going to be power by might. It's not going to be by physical might. It's going to be by the spirit. You, you have to become pure consciousness. I would just say you enter into the heart and mind and, and change your energy. The electromagnetic signal you're broadcasting will draw that future experience that, you play, that you're picturing and feeling in your heart and mind right to you, changing from a potential energy into something physical. So potential, what's, what we do in the unseen will be seen. So... Oh, so how do we do it? How do we do it? I've been trying to share that all of this, the kingdoms within, guys. So if you need, uh, uh, if, so let's just, let's do health real quick. Because I think we all, as much as I do with ministry with people all over the world, it really comes down to almost all the same things. Uh, we desire health. We don't want to stress about resources. We want to, have provision and we want to feel loved with no condemnation almost everything springs out of all those three different combinations in different ways so he is the source of all of that shalom is within so you enter within the two lead gates your, your divine heart and mind is literally the creative power of god that's where we find true peace that's where we find true prosperity that's where we find true health that's where we find shalom is within and when we do it within we're going to do it without so, like this girl, she's a quadriplegic, but she started to be thankful. Gratitude is the fastest emotion, gratitude and feeling love. Father, I thank you that you love me. And you would treat your bride this way. You would you go overboard to spoil your bride. You go overboard to spoil your son, to give us the inheritance freely. So she started entering into gratitude. What would it feel like that if you need a physical thing, and so almost when I ask people, I go, so if you were physically healed right now and Jesus was in your presence and you got that physical healing right now, what would it feel like? And almost always they go, oh, wow, that would be amazing. That's the emotion we're looking for, guys. Experience it right now as if it's already done. So she started to be grateful. In her mind, instead of looking at, I'm a quadriplegic, I'm laying in a, a hospital bed, that's the fallen mind, the carnal mind, that my senses is real. That's changeable. She started to go within she started to see and feel what it felt like to skip, to hop, to flip with a sense of gratitude. And she held that picture in her mind of her walking to prom three weeks later. And it happened. We know not how. It's, it's foolishness to the, to the doctors, to the, the people at scene. That's what it says. Spiritual things are spiritually discerned. It sounds crazy. You know, when we were in Africa, I, I learned so much just of, of really the spirit realm. Not, not the legalism, everything they were teaching, but the spirit realm. There, there was one that just came to mind where Bishop Oedipo was telling us this story where they were on a one-lane bridge with no sidewalls, and this big truck was coming at him, and there was nowhere to go. This big truck was about to just barrel over him, a head-on collision. And he, he literally said this. He goes, I closed my eyes, 
And I saw myself on the other side of the bridge. He said, all the other passengers, they died, meaning they just panicked. He said, but I saw us on the other side. And opens his eyes, and they're on the other side, and the truck's on the other side of them. And they said, what happened? He goes, I don't know. He goes, we went through it, underneath it, without it. We don't know. When we're face-to-face with him, we'll, we'll know. But what's in the – now, that's a crazy example, but I'm like, I think that stirs something in our hearts and minds going, yes, we all desire to live. Why do we have all these – these movies of these you know, supernatural things because we're remembering, everybody's remembering, gosh, that's how we were birthed. We were birthed to live like that. So I just, I think that's how you do it, guys, is uh, just go within. And I promise you what you do in your heart and mind, and you hold that versus worry about the physical, you'll never be in bondage again to the physical. You'll always live like sons and, and experience what's really given to you. So hopefully that helps, guys. God bless. Uh, I should post this here later today. Mm-hmm.